Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time? That's what we're here to find out. This month, we return to our listener library for a series of episodes suggested by you, our mysterious listeners. Daryl writes, You've mentioned Catwife from Lights Out a few times lately, and it has me intrigued. Any chance you would share that with us, your faithful listeners? Keep up the amazing work. Lights Out was created by Willis Cooper in 1935 and billed by NBC as the ultimate in horror. The show was an instant hit and inspired fan clubs across the country. According to an article in the August 10th, 1935 issue of Radio Digest, these clubs met each Wednesday evening to play cards or dance until Lights Out came on. We're not sure if this is true, but we really hope it is. In 1936, Cooper left radio to pursue a career in Hollywood. NBC hired a young writer named Arch Obler to take Cooper's place. Over the next two years, Obler wrote and directed over 100 plays for Lights Out. His first story for the show, Burial Service, depicted a paralyzed young girl being buried alive. NBC was flooded with letters from outraged listeners. Fortunately, his next play proved less controversial, Catwife. The initial broadcast of Catwife starred Boris Karloff and proved so popular, Obler used the script multiple times over the course of his career. The original 1936 broadcast no longer exists, but fortunately Karloff returned to perform the story several times, including the broadcast you're about to hear. The March 25, 1938 edition of the Tonawanda Daily News provides a perfect introduction to the story. So perfect that we're going to use it in place of our usual transition. Let's all sit down and have a good scare. At exactly half an hour past midnight tonight, lights will be dimmed in innumerable homes throughout the nation. Armchairs will be dragged closer to radios. Books and papers will be laid aside. And a shudder will pass over the face of the land. For Boris Karloff, the best-known boogeyman in the movies, will be undertaking a role in Lights Out, the best-known horror drama in radio. Arch Obler's Lights Out, everybody. It is later than you This is Arch Obler bringing you another in our series of stories of the unusual. And once again, we caution you, these lights-out stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. Cat White. Cut it out, cut it 
any consideration at all. I beg you, pleaded with you to try to keep these people out of the house while I'm getting some work done. And you persist in doing just the opposite. You kick them out. My friends. Yes, yes, I kick them out and I'll do it again every time I find them here. They're no good. You've given me your word time and time again to give them up. I'll call them back. I'll call them all back. You can't tell me what to do. Not me. They're my friends, mine. I'd give a dozen of you for one of them. All right, Linda. If that's the way you feel, I guess you and I have finally come to the end of the road. You haven't got a grain of loyalty in you. All I ask is a little peace and quiet in my own home, and I can't even have that. Ah, go away. Go away. Night after night, you and those people, yowling and screaming like a pack of alley cats. And you the worst of all. I'm through, Linda. I'm through with you for good. Oh, no, you're not. away from me. Keep away. Oh, Linda. <laughs> See? You're not through with me at all. You'll never be through with me. Never. Oh, Linda. Linda. No. No, let me go. Let me go. I don't want you, you fool. You're not through with me. I'm through with you. No, no, Linda. I'm tired of you. Do you hear me? I'm tired of you. I'm going to get so far away from that smug face of yours that I couldn't see it with a telescope. Linda, my wife. Your wife. Why do you think I married you? I thought you loved me. I married you because I was sick of working in a two-bit barber shop. Because I was sick of living in a hall bedroom wearing bargain sale dresses. I wanted dough, plenty of it, all I could get. And you were the best chance to get it that came my way. No, no, Linda, you did love me. You must have loved I me. I loved you about as much as that canary out there loves its cage. I told myself I'd stay with you a year. Divorce you, stick you for plenty of alimony, and then get out. But we've been married five years. Yeah, five years. Because you fooled me. That's why. I fooled you? Yeah. Huh. You started to make a lot of money. More money than I ever thought you could make. <laughs> so you're giving me the air, huh? No, no, Linda. I love you. I'll always love you. I didn't mean what I said. Well, I did. Oh, Linda, don't leave me. You're no good. I know you're no good, but heaven help me, I love you. 
I'll never love anybody else. Get out of my way. No, no, I, I won't let you go. You've got to stay. Keep your hands off me. You're no good. You've cost me my self-respect. But you'll stay with me, you'll stay with me, or I'll cut you off without a cent. <laughs> you won't get a dime from me, not a dime. Stop that. Stop knocking. Oh, you Sam. <laughs> you fat-headed Sam. <laughs> Stop that. So you're going to cut me off without a cent, are you? Oh, you fool. I've got everything that belongs to you now. You hear me? Everything. What are you talking about? What are you saying? This house. It's in my name, isn't it? The car. It's in my name, isn't it? I know, but... Oh, no, you... You wouldn't. Oh, wouldn't I? Well, listen to this, my darling husband... I cleaned out the bank account yesterday. No. Every cent of it. I won't be in the street. You will. Now, this is my house. Get your things and get out of here. Uh, I'll kill you. No, stop I'll it. I'll kill you. Don't you come near me. Let me go. Let me go. Ah! Oh. You touch me again, I'll tear your eyes out. You. You cat. Get out of my way. That's what you are, a cat. A big, white, heartless cat. You think like one, you screech like one, you claw like one. You even look like one. A cat, that's what you are, a great white cat. I didn't marry a woman. I married a cat. Keep it up, keep it up. You're doing swell. Laugh at me. Go on, laugh at me. But you're a cat. A sneaking, yowling cat. Now listen up there. You stop saying it. A cat. A cat. You hear me? A cat. Stop staring at me like that. Stop staring at me. John. What's happening to me? John. My head. I can hardly see. John, help me. John. Linda. What are you staring at? What are you staring at? What are you... Meow! Linda. Linda. Oh, now, John, you've got to control yourself. Everything will be all right. Oh, doctor. What have I done? What have I done? John, please, pull yourself together. You're not entirely to blame for what's happened. What did I do? I did it. I'm to blame. Stop talking like that. It's preposterous to say you're to blame. She was hysterical, John. And the suggestion that she was a cat caught her in an unguarded moment and resulted in a temporary neurosis. Oh, doctor, she's got to get well. She's got to. Of course, she'll be all right. A little rest, quiet, and in a few days it'll all be forgotten. Is she... Is she sleeping? Yes. I gave her a sedative. She, she's resting very comfortably. Can I go in and see her? But I tell you, she's sleeping, John. I know, but... Oh, I've got to see her. I've got to look at her. I've got to make sure she's all right. Don't you see? I've got to make sure. Oh, John, please. You've had a hard time of it. 
You'd better get to bed and get some rest. Oh, no, Doctor, listen to me. I, I've got to see her again. I, I've got to make sure that she's all right. I can't rest until I know. I tell you. Oh, very well. Just for a moment. Yes. Be very quiet. Yes. There. You see? She's resting very nicely. <gasps> Doctor. Look. What? Her hands. Look at her hands. There. They're claws. And her teeth. Her teeth. Linda. No, 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 John. You're waking her. Linda! Steady, John. I can't stand it. I really can't stand it. She's Linda. She's my wife, my beautiful wife. Linda. Linda. Sorry, John. It's all right. I guess I'm going a little crazy myself. What's happening to her? What is it? I don't know, John. I don't know. Oh. Oh, listen to her. You've got to do something, Doctor. You've got to. You're my friend. You've got to help me. What? In the name of all that's rational, what? Don't think there must be something you could do, a drug, something, anything. Oh, John, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I can't think. I'll call in someone else. That's it. I'll inform the authorities. They'll take care of everything. No, no, wait. What? What's the matter? What is it? You're going to inform the authorities? Yes. Yes, of course, John. Don't you see it's the simplest way out? Way out? Of course, of course. For you and for me. What do you mean? John, this horrible thing that's happened to Linda, it, it goes beyond just you and me goes beyond the normal into the supernatural. Everyone should know about it. The world should know about it, sir. You mean you're going to let everybody know what's happened to Linda? Of course I am. But you can't do that. She's my wife. Do you hear me? My wife. No, no, no. Now, don't get excited again, John. Listen sensibly. We owe it to science. Science? Who cares about science? She's Linda. She's my wife. And I cursed her to God and turned her into a yowling beast. <laughs> It's my shame, mine. And you're not going to tell a living soul about it. No one, you hear me? No one. It's my duty, John. I must inform the authorities. No, no. Keep away from that phone. Keep away, I say. I'm sorry, John. Oh. John. My friend. to sleep, darling. Try to sleep. Yes, yes, I, I know, I know, darling. But, but it's almost morning. You must rest. <gasps> sleep, Linda. Sleep, my beloved. <laughs> All right. 
right, darling. I've got to be strong. I've got to help you. And I did help you. He was going to tell them about you. Everyone. They'd have taken you away from me. Locked you up. Pointed at you. Laughed at you. But I stopped him, Linda. I stopped him for you. He called me friend. But you're my wife, my beloved, and I love you. I've pleased you, haven't I, my darling? I never could please you before, could I? And now I've pleased you. I killed him, Linda. I killed my friend to save you. And if anybody comes, I'll say he never came here. And no one will know, darling. No one but you and I. What is it, darling? What's the matter? Why are you getting up? What is it? Why go to the window? What do you want? Oh, if I could only understand you. If I could only know what you're trying to say to me. Oh, oh no. Oh, Linda, Linda, stop. I beg you to stop, Linda, beloved. Stop, stop. Yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. Good morning, Mr. Taylor. Oh, it's you. I found this note saying you wanted to talk to me. Gee, I hope you're not going to quit taking milk from me, Mr. Taylor. I know I've been kind of late with deliveries the last couple of days, but you see, it's my heart. Oh, no, I'm not going to stop taking milk. That's what I want to see you about. I want milk, more milk, cream, everything. Oh, sure, sure. How much do you want? Four bottles of milk. No, 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 six. Six? Yes, and cream. Six bottles of cream. Is, Is something wrong, Mr. Taylor? Wrong? Why do you think something's wrong? Well, I only meant... You meant what? Speak up. You meant what? Oh, now, don't get sore, Mr. Taylor. I just meant, well, you don't look so good, and... <laughs> well, you know how it is. Sometimes a fellow has a couple too many, and he starts ordering all the milk in the world. <laughs> you fool. I'm not drunk. Do you want to sell me that milk, or do I have to get another milkman? No, no, no. I'll get it for you. I'll get it for you. Well, hurry. Six quarts. Six cream. Only him and his old lady. The guy's nuts. Drink the milk, my beloved. Please. But you haven't eaten anything. You're hungry. You must be hungry. Oh, my darling. What do you want? I'll get you anything. Anything. Just eat. No. No, I can't let you out of the room. I can't. Someone might come to the door. They'd see through the windows. Oh, be 
patient, Linda, darling. I'll think of something. Oh, drink the milk for your own good, Linda. Please. No, 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 dearest. Don't do that. All right. All right, dear. All right. I'll let you into the dining room. But you've got to stay away from the windows. Someone should see you. Here. Let me carry you. All right, darling. All right. I, I won't. I won't. Go yourself. Go yourself. You see, my darling, your pretty living room. Everything in it just the way you fixed it. Everything. Oh, Linda. Linda, this horrible thing that's happened to us. I tell myself it isn't real. I'll wake up soon and everything will be the way it used to be. You and I. Linda. Where are you? Oh, Linda. Don't. 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 No, Linda. Linda. Don't touch my phone. Linda. Linda. Could you do it? Oh, could you do it? Good morning, Mr. Taylor. Early again this morning, ain't you? Morning. Uh, ever since you sent your wife to the country, my first customer every morning for the last three days you've been. Like I was saying to my wife this morning, I said, Yes, yes, Mr. Heinrich, some other time. I'm in a hurry. My order, please. Yeah, yeah, but you ain't give me no order yet. How about a nice steak? What you can broil? No, no, nothing like that. But to broil a steak? Ach, I tell you, that's nothing. When my wife, she goes to the country, that's what I always make for myself. Uh, you lay the steak in the pan, and then you light the I'm steak. in a hurry, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right. You don't have to get so high blood pressure, Mr. Taylor. If you will tell me what you want, by God, yeah, I'll give it to you. Well, uh, I... I don't know exactly. Uh, oh, a couple of pounds of liver. Yes, that's it. Fresh liver. What? Again? You heard me. Sure, sure, I heard you. But uh, by golly, for three days, ever since your wife, she went away. You you, you eat nothing but liver. Are you going to fill my order? Sure, sure, sure. I will fill your order. There. Did you ever see such nice, fresh liver? Huh? Oh, two pounds? Jawohl. There we are. By golly, it could be you was raising a cat or something. Why do you say that? Well, every day you buy liver. <laughs> this morning I catched a couple of mouses in a trap. Maybe you like to take them along for the cat too, huh? Don't say that! Don't say that! Mr. Taylor, the liver, you forgot. Hmm. By golly, that man is for it. Now, what did I say that was wrong? Cats like to eat mouses. Oh, my Linda. My dearest Linda. Close to me. Close to me. Oh, my 
darling, my darling. It's better this way. You can't leave me now. I'll have you with me always. I'll keep you here. Just you and I. I won't answer it. They'll go away. All right, all right. I'll answer it. No, no. Stay here, my beloved. They mustn't see you. Be very quiet. Be very quiet. Yes, yes, I'm coming, I'm coming. Well, what is it? What is it? Are you the owner of this building? Yes, what do you want? Kerrigan is the name. I'm your neighbor. I've got that place across the alley from you. Neighbor? Yeah, Kerrigan is my name. I'm with the department. The department? Yes. I'm desk sergeant at the third district station. Policeman? Yes. I'm off duty today, so I thought I'd drop over and speak to you. Hey, do you mind if I step in for a moment? Step in. Oh, no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, thank you. Well, you got a nice place here. Yes, yes, nice. Very nice. You know, the same contractors made this place as made mine. You didn't know that, I'll bet. No, I, I didn't. Here. Irishman by the name of Gil Hooley. He put up all these bungalows along here on nothing but Blarney and the shoestring. Jumped out a ten-story window, they tell me, the day after the stock market crash. <laughs> Lucky for him. If he was alive now, some of the people around here that bought places from him would murder him. What was the trouble they'll have him? Trouble? Say, now, speaking of trouble, reminds me why I come over. If you don't mind, I'll tell you. Yes? No. No, it ain't me that's complaining, Mr. Taylor. I'm the kind of man that can sleep in a boiler factory. But it's me, Katie. That is a light sleeper for you. I always say that if a star in heaven twinkles too much, the noise wakes up me, Katie. What? What is the trouble? Well, you know how the women are. Always finding something to make a fuss about. Say, hey, I'm not disturbing her, am I? Uh, yeah, you know, you're missing. She's not sleeping in the bedroom, lady. No, no, of course not. There's no one in there. I thought maybe seeing the door is closed. Oh, no, I tell you, there's no one in there. My my wife, she's out of town. Oh, well, that's fine, that's fine. I, I always like to talk things over man to man without the women around. The women are all right, I says, but they don't know how to straighten our little troubles with neighbors without... Calling names and pulling hair. <laughs> oh, what is it? What's wrong? What do you want to tell me? Well, to put it plain, it's the cat. Cat? Yeah, the cat. You just got it, didn't you? You... You heard a cat? Yeah. It started a few nights ago. Now, it ain't just a mean one, like I said, but... But, Miss Katie, well, you see our bedroom window faces right on the alley. And by golly, she hears every meow that animal makes. You, you're wrong. Eh? I have no cat. But, but me, Katie, heard. I heard it too, for that matter. I have no cat. But I'm telling you, it's come right from this house. I tell you, I have no cat. Isn't that sufficient? Well, now, seeing as you put it so plain, I'll be speaking up plain myself. 
I'm telling you, I heard a cat yowling last night, and the night before, and the night before that. And as sure as my name's Thomas Kerrigan, they come right to this house. Now, what do you say to that? Get out. Now, wait a second, my book. Oh, wait a second. Don't get on your high horse. Get out. Well, now, see here. I'm not saying you're lying. I'm just thinking maybe the animal's caught in your cellar without you knowing it. Now, if you let me go down... I tell you, there's no cat here. Get out. Get out of here. Oh, it's like that, is it? You heard me. Get out of my house. Well, you sure are making a lot of noise about nothing, young fella. But it's your house. And if that's the kind of neighbor you want to be, I guess... What? What are you standing there for? Get out! Get out! Now, just a minute. Take it easy. No cat, eh? Well, what was that I just... Uh... Nothing at all! You've got no right to... you may not be a liar, but you sure are something close to it. If that ain't a cat in that bedroom there, then I ain't never heard one. Get out! Get out of here! Oh, no, I won't. Listen to that cat. If that ain't creating a public nuisance, I'd like to know what it is. It's none of your business. This is my house. Get out of here. Now stop pulling at me, me bucko. I may be off duty, but I'm still an officer of the law. And I'm telling you, that cat, you got an air violating the city ordinance. Now, if you don't make it shut up, disturbing me, Katie, I will. Uh, stay away from that door. Stay away from that door. That ain't no cat you got in there. What? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, I lied. It is a cat. Just a cat. But I'll make it be quiet, but go away. Go away. Wait a minute. Take it easy. If it's just a cat, what are you getting so excited? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm not. Look at you. Your eyes are blazing. What's going on here? I think I'll have a look. No, stay away. Oh, no. No. Get away. Take it away! I told you! I told you to go, big one! If I only had the gun! I'll never use it! Never! Give away from it! Help! 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 Oh. I asked you to go, didn't I? I asked you to. Didn't I, Linda? You hurt me. You hurt me, asking. Linda. Linda, what's the matter? What are you going to do? Linda, keep away from him. What are you going to do? No, no, Linda. Get away from him. Linda, Linda. Stop. 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 Oh, oh, he's in the Close to me. I can't see you. 
press close to me. I mustn't miss. What is it, Mother? You cursed animal. You've taken everything from me. My eyes, my life. Now I'll take... <laughs> Linda! I heard, my beloved, I heard you. I'm coming with you. Wait for me, Linda, my beloved. Wait. From Lights Out, here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. And we're wrapping up January with uh, our listener requests here of 2019. I got to remember that we need to tell people what year it is because the internet's endless. So that came to us from, I lost it. Daryl. Daryl, right, who had heard us mention Catwife many times. We uh, have, yeah. We have. Uh, Joshua's yeah, written it into intros a lot. Of, it's almost a running gag. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. We finally uh, shared it with you. For three weeks in a row in this January, I have talked about how I don't <laughs> do any research before I listen to these, so I primarily don't know who the actors are. Mm-hmm. And in the last three weeks, I've said, wow, that really sounded like Orson Welles. Wow, that really sounded like Judy Garland. And this what week cartoon you're like, is that Bella Lugosi? <laughs> and this week, I went, ha I'll be wrong again, but man, that guy sounds like Boris Karloff. <laughs> and here, I'm reading the intro, and I went, finally. I'm right about uh, finally, something. Finally, I'm right. It is Boris Karloff. So yeah, that was really fun to read that intro, uh, because uh, there he is. So, uh, yeah... Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> I before we dig into this, okay. This might be like, yeah, obviously, Tim. Everyone has known this for a long time, but as was pointed out in the intro, Lights Out was this hugely popular show on Wednesday night at twelve thirty. That was that was what really happened. And people were like, yeah, let's drink and party Wednesday night. Woo, stay up. And in college, I was a part of a club that lasted for seven years called the Wednesday Night Club. And the Wednesday Night Club was the same people that got together every Wednesday at 7 o'clock for seven years. And the rule was you could go to bed when the paper came. So when the paper boy, and he got to know us, would come and deliver the paper, we'd all go to bed. You were in college seven years? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, college-ish time. You know what I mean. That era of my 20s. <laughs> yes, we have to assume college. these were exuberant, youthful, oh. Eric-like people who <laughs> loved to stay up late on Wednesday nights, but also that there was nothing else like this. This is one of the True. earlier horror programs. Like, you would stay up to hear something this amazing. I also assume that all of our listeners get together and play cards and dance <laughs> until, until our next episode <laughs> comes out. <laughs> For 
these people, it was a couple hours. For our listeners, it's weeks. I will compare it to, though, I remember when Letterman came on the air in the 80s and how we turned that into a club of sorts. Like, Mm -hmm. we could not wait. It was so innovative and so funny, and we loved it so much. And that was kind of late at night, and people would gather, and we did that almost every night. Yeah, I mean, this show was that popular and that cool and that well-written that they Mm. would stay up to listen to that. Thank you. On to Catwife. Yeah. (laughs) Well... I have read a lot about Catwife. Now, Catwife has often been a very popular episode and a much maligned episode Mm. of Lights Out. And I think the only way to enjoy this episode, and I will make the argument going forward, that this is comedy horror, that this is satirical in nature, and that Obler is just laughing to himself as he's writing this. But nice if that was in the intro. You're supposed to laugh at this. <laughs> Obler should come on and go, this is satirical. But uh, throughout a lot of Obler's work, and this is probably a broader discussion, we'll keep this dialed into Catwife, he associates comedy and horror much closer than I think a lot of people who listen to his work do and the general public. It's a fine line. We've noted it. Yep. I mean, this is, uh, seemed a very quintessential Arch Obler episode. I'm, I'm wiggling my fingers in a uh-huh. sort of air quotes kind of way. It's kind of creepy. He does not know how to make air quotes. <laughs> Do not. <laughs> Look like I'm a lobster trying to eat noodles. <laughs> <laughs> what? In that, he doesn't understand similes either. <laughs> oh my god. The opening, like, Half a dozen lines of interchange between the wife and the husband. The back and forth is so such a broad swing of pendulum of mm-hmm. like you got to stop bringing your friends over here. This is crazy. And the song they were singing was just gold. <laughs> yes. Uh, but then she has him in the palm of her hand. But then she's backed into a corner, and it's back and forth and back and forth, and it's really. Well done in its wild swing. And she turns into a cat. <laughs> yes. Right there in front of your ears. Somebody please explain to me how she became a cat. Well, if you want answers like that, it's you need not... to listen to another episode. <laughs> he provides very little So I didn't miss anything. No, I don't no. even know that's 100% clear if we're supposed to understand she becomes like exactly a cat, a cat-like humanoid, or just kind of is the same, but acts a little more cat-like. I picture her as a cat-like humanoid. Perhaps she's slowly transforming into what we recognize as a cat. But when the doctor comes over, she clearly looks normal enough that he just says, Oh, you know. It's the it's... worst doctor in the world. <laughs> Hold on. So she looks like the species that appears in the Star Trek animated series on the deck? Yes. Or... You know what I'm talking about. Well, I know uh, I don't character know Eddie from Dread Star. Well, no. Or Tigra from the West Coast Avengers. Yeah, any of the Thundercats, basically. Yeah. We yeah, can go yeah. through this for a while. But... To me, it's the one that actually purred her R's on the Star Trek animated series. Mm. That replaced Chekhov, I think. I don't <laughs> okay, if I picture it as that, I'm a little better. Because I had pictured a cat. Because he did try to pick her up. It's and, and very so clear it's that there's a transformation in progress. Because like I said, the doctor comes in and just writes it <laughs> off as a as a temporary psychosis. You know, like like you read about. Like, walk it off. Just take a couple of days yeah. rest and you'll she get over that she's a cat. psychotic split. No big deal. But then 
they go in and check on her, and her hands are claws, and her, and they just say her teeth. So apparently they become so she sharpened. is full size. At least at it that seems point. like it, and it, it is enough that he does not want anyone seeing her because it is obvious she is something weird besides just a cat. One of the things I really like about this is the doctor has an uncharacteristically reasonable response to an absurd old-time radio horror plot where he goes, look, this is weird. Nothing like this has ever happened. It's possibly supernatural. Science has to know about it. A lot of people in authority have to weigh in on this. I'm calling them right now. This yeah. is bizarre. And that's what most people would do in these situations. He's the straight they man in just, this comedy sketch. They wouldn't just decide, like, often happens that, okay, I'm your friend. We can figure this out. We don't need to tell anyone else. The world needs to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because this is an astounding thing that's happened yeah. here. The science needs to know. Science, industry. <laughs> <laughs> we can make cat wives. Like, there's green powder falling from the sky and everyone's getting fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, if you don't recognize that, is a reference to another Arch Opler episode, The Day Sinatra Got Fat. Yes. Uh, but that conversation results in... A t-shirt I want to make for the Mysterious Old Radio. <laughs> Just like a non-sequitur t-shirt slogan that only fans of Arch Ober will recognize that just says, who cares about science? It's Linda! <laughs> That's all I will say. <laughs> and, and you will know a fellow uh, out Mysterious Old Radio listening fan. If they're wearing that, that t-shirt. t-shirt. <laughs> or that bedspread or that shower curtain. <laughs> or that we tote bag. Now, but it's I do want that shower curtain. <laughs> It's going to show up on our Threadless site. Uh, the way that Arch Ober and I interact, because it's it's the two of us, is that I swear, like, there's some subtext of, like, historical Protestant development over the Europe because of the weird Irish-German dialects. Like, what is happening in this story that <laughs> has this crazy Irish cop mm-hmm. and this crazy German butcher? <laughs> well, and we've said before, I mean, it, it's... Somewhat necessary in old-time radio to make those mm-hmm. really distinct characters. But these are really distinct <laughs> characters, the Irish cop especially. But this is the, – the script was written in 1936. It was the second episode of Old Blair's Lights Out. Mm. So this is very early dramatic radio, and those accents are used more heavily early on when people are really creating radio drama. Like, mm-hmm. what, how will people understand who is who? So I think he's relying heavily on that. Right, because with the first radio shows that came out, they would start every sentence with Bill talking. <laughs> this is cat wife, meow. <laughs> I'm killing myself. I would, I would <laughs> love the conversation of... So what part am I playing? You're playing the wife. Mm-hmm. You'll have a, a really intense back and forth at the beginning, and then meow for so the rest. So can you meow for us? <laughs> she went on to be in uh, the neighborhood at Mr. Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but she does give a fabulous performance yes, at she the does. top. It's heightened. Obviously, this is 1930s radio, so every performance is over the top. I mean, you can hear Boris Karloff pulling his hair out while he's acting. I mean, he is <laughs> yeah. reaching for the stars here. He is really going over the top, and that, that is the style. But her disdain for him comes across like when she for just each other. laughs at him. But he, they also, the back and forth is weird to me at the top. Mm-hmm. Like, 
get out of my house and how dare you and then oh I love you I love you and I love you and then you get out of the house <laughs> oh, like who's what is wow you guys there's a lot of up well, and for down. 1936 like, yeah, I'm so mad at you and like uh, grabs him at Linda Linda <laughs> And, uh, I mean, the reality is, is that there's a lot of sexual subtext in this episode. Oh my! Every time he looked angry, like, "What is the cat doing?" Cat Linda, no, nothing. Like, "What is the cat doing?" doing Stop licking yourself, Linda. <laughs> um, what did the cat kill? The, the canary that is she it was the canary earlier. Okay, it is. I will say that there are some audio issues with this recording. It got really soft for me at mm-hmm. certain points, and I was missing some. No, it was difficult. I had to go back okay. several times to figure out. No, what you got it the was. time for that, apparently. And it makes sense. <laughs> and you read the novel of it. <laughs> there actually is a short story <laughs> that Arch Ulber himself wrote, adapted this to a prose short story. Believe it. Just or not. to answer I, some of the unanswered questions. Yes. yes. I'm gonna cut to the chase because I don't have many more notes. Man, I just did not like this at all. There's nothing fun going on other than what is happening how did she become a cat and you need a wizard to show up you need a spell you need an You're impetus a cat linda <laughs> obler does this a lot where he takes a psychological state a social idea and turns it into a monster like revolt of the worms right uh, this is a guy mm-hmm. who doesn't want to partake in the war and wants to create something beautiful, but instead he creates death in the form of giant worms. It's his Mm -hmm. guilt and shame for not participating in the war. And here, I think Obler is experimenting with just using this transformation of a cat to represent this conflict in gender roles, in marital dysfunction. There's that moment where John says... I don't want to tell anyone about this when he's talking to the doctor because it's my shame. It's my shame. It represents some sort of male fear of letting women take control of the relationship Hmm. and become like a sexual aggressor. Like I said, I think you don't have to read that far into this with him calling her a cat and an alley cat. And she's out partying every night. Well, he's trying to work. Yeah. So I think that's what I will call the joke in this. And I think... I mean, maybe the memo didn't get to Boris Karloff because he was <laughs> super straight. But I think when Obler's dictating this into his <laughs> dictaphone late at night, he Stop thinks saying, it's hilarious. <laughs> Stop saying that. There was a director in our town that I worked for for a long time. Mm-hmm. His name is Ross Young. And I, he's very brilliant and very funny. And I really loved what I learned. And I learned in my young years uh, a lot of comedy from him. And he used to say all the time, and I'll be honest with you, I don't quite understand this, mm-hmm. but he used to say it all the time. He'd say, if a pound of liver is funny, two pounds of liver is hilarious. And <laughs> so as he's ordering two pounds of liver, <laughs> I keep thinking of Ross Young going, that's hilarious. It's not a pound, it's two. That's funnier. The cop that he talks to, had its own little sort of mini version of the play in there of, I just want to talk to you friend to friend, neighbor to neighbor, because you know if women talk to try to work out an issue, they pull hair and scream, or whatever the horrible implication was, uh, that he could sleep through it, but his wife was being woken up, and then later admits, like, I hear this night after night, your cat mm-hmm. yowling. And I did just want them to go straight to pulling hair and <laughs> calling each other yeah. names. I wonder, but but no, he's I'll... also a man complaining about the fact that another man can't keep his wife under control. So mm. like I said, this has got all those issues roiling around underneath the surface of a woman turning into a cat. <laughs> I 
love the scene with the milk man. It makes me laugh so hard when he's like, oh, six bottles of milk and six bottles of cream. And, and the milk man essentially says, are you drunk? <laughs> because in my experience, drunk people order, a lot. order all the milk in the world. This is like before you could get drunk and order stuff on Amazon. This is like, I'm having such a great time. I have 12 quarts of milk tomorrow. <laughs> it all started with when TV commercials late at night started to say, dial this number. And then I ended up with a pair of rear view sunglasses one night. <laughs> uh, they came and I was like, oh, when did I order these? <laughs> I don't remember that. Did anyone else think that the story the Irish cop tells about the contractor who built the bungalows was moving towards some sort of vaguely supernatural explanation? Yes. That's <laughs> what I, I was hoping and for. And I couldn't tell, but I actually think it's just another joke on Obler's part about shoddy construction in the 30s. Because at first you say, oh, this Irish guy built these, and then he, in the 29 crash, he jumped 10 floors. Right, and if he had survived, he would have killed him. And so I thought, oh, did this unnatural death <laughs> cause All the wife's turning the cats elements? around here. And no, I honestly think that's just a satire about, I'm sure Obler lived in a bungalow that he thought was just built by a, a lousy Irishman, and he just stuck this in. <laughs> well, we know that the contractor was terrible because those are some crazy thin walls. Yeah. Because if you can hear, hear cat, you can hear. <laughs> Shut that cat up! <laughs> the cat at the top of its lungs. Meow! Meow! I said meow! I hate these thin Irish walls. <laughs> uh, but it gets really horrible. This ends with his cat wife eating the a cop. cop. Yeah. This is what I mean. I don't mean to overanalyze, but I feel like this is not digging very deep. This is pretty much just sitting there on the surface. Like her sexual appetite, her material appetite turns into this actual physical appetite in which she is literally eating men by the end. And that's when he shoots her yeah, and shoots I, himself. You guys are so good at finding those layers and what does this stand for? To me, uh, they're arguing. Then she became a cat for no reason. <laughs> And then uh, he was like, ah, oh, you're a cat, and I got to buy you milk and liver. And then, um, and then the cop complained, and then uh, the shot him, and then he was like, oh, no, Linda. That's what I mean, this that was is an to accurate me. Synopsis. We're not wrong. <laughs> I don't Can't see any of those anything. layers about a uh, man's struggle in the 40s about women. But it's, like, it's weird that he got so upset over ordering so much liver. That I, I can't even stay here and get this liver. Well, it was so weird that people were like, what do you care? I'm making a lot of cake. Can I have six <laughs> bottles of milk? Why we're so asking? much better at hiding our shame now. <laughs> well, it's not like you ordered the, the makings for a bomb. You know, like you want, what is it? What do you get? Like uh, garden something from a garden night with Don't fertilizer? Don't give out the recipe for a bomb on our podcast. <laughs> It, no, it's this. It's fertilizer, right? And, and liver. Uh, and and six w- bottles of cream. Right. And then boom. <laughs> Cat wives everywhere. Why are they so mad about what he ordered? Just take his money. Uh, so I was digging around the internet and I found this site uh, that had a podcast from a group called the Fitzrovia Radio Hour. They are a group of British comedy performers, and they think this was recorded in 2008 at a bar in North Soho in London. But they apparently did a bunch of these where they 
took a lot of these old-time radio shows and performed the scripts as written. This is exactly as Arch Obler wrote it. But unlike Boris Karloff, perform it as if it is a riotous comedy. Yeah, and it worked. Uh, and it is funny. I listened to the first half of it, and it totally works. We mentioned this in context of uh, many Willis Cooper Quiet Please episodes, I think particularly Northern Lights, too. Just that fine line between comedy and horror. I totally get not enjoying this episode. It, it is absurd beyond belief. But mm. I do think Obler was aware of that. Whether he successfully communicates that to most mm-hmm. listeners, I don't know. I can't go back in time and figure out how You can't? Uh, <laughs> get would, out. Would hear this in 1936. It might be more terrifying than it is to us. You know, you hear those stories of people fainting when watching Frankenstein. Yeah. And, and you're like, really? I love that movie. But Well, yeah. That it was that. that incredibly restrictive underwear at the time. They just, <laughs> just like, can't breathe at you're all. like, flump. <laughs> Cat wife, can't feel my groin. Collapse. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, end of Cat wife with the uh, wait for me, blam, felt like when Arch Obler was 15, he wrote the end of a story. <laughs> like th- this is the last two lines of the story it's gonna be super romantic <laughs> and it's like someday in the future I'll write the rest of this yeah. how do I end this cat white play <laughs> should we vote no well then say, some, <laughs> say something I have nothing more to say I've made my case then vote Josh about cat wife I think it's a weird episode I enjoy it thoroughly but I'm not gonna call it a classic because I certainly don't think it stands the test of time. As in, I think you have to be really familiar with Obler's body of work. I think you have to think really hard to figure out what the hell he's doing. I find it fascinating, and I personally really enjoy it, but I'm going to call it interesting for historical reasons. I, I would say that's exactly what I would say, yes. that I, I love listening to it. It is not something I would give to someone. Is This is in the first 50 episodes of radio you should listen to. 50 maybe is too much. I mean, maybe 20. Maybe 23. Like, this would be the 24th. 150 episodes <laughs> of old radio. And when you're done with that, listen to Catwife. <laughs> um, swing and a miss. I know it's Arch Obler, and I love him, and I love Lights Out. And I get all those things that you guys just said about, look deeper. Nope. I don't want to. <laughs> it's... Uh, it was not that interesting. <laughs> Just put her outside. The end. Are you voting as don't don't ever listen? To don't this ever again. listen to this. That's fair. I ranked this up there in our hundred and sixteen ep- hundred and eighteen episodes of this podcast in the top five worst. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think it will continue to live on in our discussions as a title that really accurately describes the content of the show. Yes. I'd like to rename all the great radio shows this way. Right? <laughs> Sorry, wrong number is Crazy Lady on the Phone. <laughs> Being from middle of the earth caught in an oil pipe. <laughs> this is a fun game that we're going to play once we turn off the <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Okay, well, thank you, uh, Daryl, for listening and your kind words and your uh, suggestion. We do appreciate it sincerely. And um, I'm sure you weren't alone. And other people are like, let's figure out what this cat wife is. And now you know. Oh. Uh, 
And uh, Catwife. There you have it. Uh, Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com. That is the home of this podcast. You can find uh, all the episodes we have of the podcast there. They're all there. Um, you can also comment on individual episodes. You can contact us through a contact page. You can link to our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram accounts. Let us know what you think. You can feel free to drop us a message suggesting episodes you'd like us to listen to and comment upon. We like doing that. Yes, you can also go to patreon.com slash the morals and support this podcast. We greatly appreciate it. We got all, all sorts of great rewards uh, if you are so inclined. We, you can also go to iTunes and write us a review because we love the reviews. Thank you so much for any listener who's already written a review. We appreciate all of them. And thanks again to Daryl for reaching out to us with this request next time it's my choice and we're going to be listening to a series called creeps by night and the episode hunt until then what's happening to her what is it i don't know john i don't know in make-believe anything is possible meow 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 can't wait meow go meow